Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, Managing Editor of Television for Variety, and today my guests in New York are Michael Strahan and Constance Schwartz. The two are business partners in the production and management company Smack Entertainment. Michael is all over TV these days as the co-anchor of ABC's Good Morning America, a football analyst for Fox, and the host of ABC's primetime game show $100,000 Pyramid. But behind the scenes, Michael and Constance are busy developing and producing a wide range of content, and Smack is the management home to talent ranging from Wiz Khalifa to Aaron Andrews to Dion Sanders. Here, the two talk about the steady growth of Smack where the company motto is, hustle like you're broke. Uh, Welcome to my guest, Michael Strahan, and his business partner, Constance Schwartz. We're going to hear a lot about the business that they are running together, Smack Entertainment. Uh, People know, of course, anybody that watches TV knows that Michael Strahan is one of the hardest working TV personalities, but they probably don't know that behind the scenes, Smack Entertainment is producing shows like The Joker's Wild, $100,000 Pyramid, lots of documentary features for NFL networks and other outlets. And also, in all of your spare time, there's also a management, a talent management component to the business. Let's unpack Smack Entertainment. Let's start with the name. How did you guys come up with that? (laughs) Well, Smack stands for Sports, Music, and Culture. And it's kind of everything that we are involved in. We're involved in the sports element with myself and some of the other clients that we manage. Um, music, we were involved in that because with Khalifa, one of our clients, and Khan's background, and culture because what we do kind of speaks to what the culture is is today. So kind of all-encompassing of what we what we built and what we how we operate. And it's really, yeah, it's pretty, pretty simple. S-M-A-C, leave the K off for... Savings, I guess, as they say. <laughs> Sound like what a mattress commercial. <laughs> Constance, when did you and Michael join forces together as business partners? We joined forces to start the company about seven years ago, but we met over 20 years ago when I worked at the National Football League and he was playing. And then I started managing him right when he retired, which is about 10 or 11 years, 10 years now. ago. Yeah, 10 years. She was a baby back when I met her 20 something years ago. She was a um, a, a teen. Yes, I, I was a full-time yes. job. I'm just saying. I was a prodigy. Her, I started working good. in high school. With <laughs> age-wise, but but no, we met. She was at the NFL over twenty, about twenty-five years ago, twenty-four, twenty-five years ago, and I retired ten years ago. But in, in between that time of myself of of Con being at the NFL, her leaving the NFL to go in another direction, and my still being in the NFL, we always remained close. We were always great friends. And when I retired, it was just natural because she was in this business for me to to say, hey, would you help me out? And I give him a lot of credit because when I left the NFL, a lot of people didn't stay in touch with me because, you know, I was no benefit to them anymore, like no more Super Bowl tickets or game tickets (laughs) and things like that. And that's okay. And I I give Michael a lot of credit because he really went out of his way because I left New York and moved to Los Angeles. And every time he came out there, we got together. Mm -hmm. We got pancakes at IHOP, and I brought my own syrup. Embarrassing. <laughs> and very embarrassing. <laughs> and that was a little embarrassing. I, was, I wanted to crawl under the table, but then again, hey. You have very specific taste in syrup, clearly. Well, one of our mutual best friends, Jay Glazer's family, owns a farm in Vermont, 
and they make this amazing like homemade syrup from a tree. And so it was so good that I, at the time they didn't make travel size bottles. So they sent me the big jugs and I poured it in my Tupperware and off we went. But you did use my syrup. I didn't want you to be embarrassed alone. So I, I sucked it up. <laughs> and what, in this transition period, what was it? What was the opportunity that you saw that could be filled with smack? I had great experiences. I worked at the National Football League for 10 seasons. I worked at a record company for a year. And then I worked at a management company, which is where I became Snoop Dogg's manager and worked with many other clients. And it was amazing. And and I love what I've done and continue to do. But the time came that I wanted to start doing it for myself. And in hindsight, I probably could have started this sooner, but I just needed that kick in the pants because I didn't have that, I think, sense of self-confidence. I needed to go out on my own. And so when this opportunity arose, it was really because... There was no company like what we've created. It was, you know, either you're going to be a manager or you're going to produce television shows. Or with my background, it was branding, marketing, and endorsements. And so that's really where Smack came from because I said, if we can take the last 20 years of our collective experiences and start this and build it, who knows what could could come of it. And, you know, I I want to say when we did start it, he um, was still just doing, not just, but he was on NFL on Fox, mm-hmm. and that was it from a television perspective. And so we uh, were just grinding and hustling, and one of our mantras is still to this day, hustle like you're broke. And that's not just our mentality, but our entire company and all of our clients, too. Today, what is the size of the company in terms of employees and in terms of... 13 employees, two offices, L.A., New York. Um... Trying to open one in the Caribbean. Yeah, she, she wants it. She's kind of one in the Caribbean. You know, we never get any work done if we move to the Caribbean. But yeah, but 13 employees, um, two different offices across New York and, and L.A. And the 13 probably do the work of 30. And we have a very dedicated team. It's just more like a family is how we operate and how we how we um, go forward with our business. And we 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 give everybody responsibility. We're not we're not micromanagers. Everyone is trained and everyone is given a responsibility and everyone's given the the understanding that, hey, if you have an idea, you're a part of this. You don't work for us. You work with us. And through that, we've been able to build um, or have people who we work with who really dedicate to what they do and go out of their way. And they understand what we're trying to build and they are a big part of it. And, and they take pride in that. And They're that's really empowered. helped our business. They're very empowered. And we don't give titles because one of the – challenges I faced coming up because I started as an assistant was people would look down upon you or not listen to what you had to say if you had a lesser title than them. So we intentionally don't let them have titles. So if we're sending someone into a room on our behalf, if we trust and respect them, then we expect the same from the other side of the room. What was the breakthrough piece of business that really made you feel like you guys were really running a company? Well, you know, it's, it's crazy. I think, as Constance said, when we when we first like really started doing this I only had for me personally was only um, Fox NFL Sunday and a few little music things here and there but it was it was a big chance and a big step to have this office space in LA at the time we were renting a place now we've moved on to buy our own building but that's you know, when I felt we made it that was the breakthrough yeah for, for Constance when we bought our own office and and that was her big breakthrough I think my big breakthrough hasn't happened yet I mean, I underst- I think our my big breakthrough is when, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm just very employees hard to, from one who's sitting in yeah. to where we are, I think. Because I know the potential of where we are, where we can go and where we are heading. So 
And I'm always never somebody who looks back because if I look back, then I think it keeps me from looking forward. I was always like that in sports and everything else. But I, I would say from where we started to where we are now is night and day because we were trying to develop a daytime television. You know, we had a, a um, telepictures came and said, Michael, we'd like to, we consider, you know, we'd like to possibly develop a daytime show around you and put together a list. So we put together this list of all these names of, of TV personalities, actresses, um, and, and just personalities. And we reached out to so many of them and couldn't get a call back. Couldn't even get a sniff. Couldn't even get a response except for a few who I always respect. And I'll always go out of my way for And to now be able to pick up the phone and call to anybody will pick up, you know, and now the people think that the success that they see was easy and it wasn't like we've been grinding at this for a long time. And, 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 and we still some, grind I and mean, we still we're grind. still building. I mean, we're still and we consider ourselves a startup. So. Yeah. But I think we grinded if we feel that, that, that respect of disrespect, I guess, in a sense that people didn't think that we would be successful in what we're doing. And now that we have some success with it, we're not letting it go. We're going to continue to push until we, you know, eventually move to the Caribbean, as Khan says, <laughs> in 20 years. The Jamaica office. Um, but understandably, that respect factor, you know, so many people see production companies that are that are involved with talent as vanity plays, that it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a serious company. You, you know, you guys have bought a building and have employees. That That is a, that is a serious company. What would you say was it, was it, you know, really building a roster of productions was it i know you have you have business in the retail area you have Mm a line of apparel what was it that was that foundation that allowed you to be taken seriously as a company i think for in my opinion we helped create and still continue to co-executive produce the nickelodeon kids choice sports awards which are going to be in their fifth year and the fact that it started out from just a general meeting with nickelodeon and you know that's what came out of it. And people, word gets around, I mean, you know, it's a small town. Word gets around that we are hands-on, not just me, but Michael. He's on all the calls. He's in every meeting. And, and the same just has continued. When Sony approached us about doing the $100,000 Pyramid reboot, and they'd heard great things about Michael as well, and they're the first to say they can't believe like how he self-produces while he's on set. Like after, you know, in between, he's in the control room with everybody. He's in rehearsals when he doesn't need to be. And I just think that that's what gets around town is that people find out like how hard we work. And we don't end when production ends. That's when, you know, we say the gap goes out there and makes the rounds because Michael then can go on any <laughs> talk show, any interview mm-hmm. to then promote the shows, whether he's on them or not on them. But yeah, but I also think that you know Khan gives me a little bit too much credit because it is truly a, a team, a team effort, and they point me in a direction and I go. Basically, is what it is. But but I do believe for both of us, it's very important to be involved in anything because if you're going to get credit for it, you can feel good if you're taking credit for something you really were a part of. And if you're going to get blamed for something that was a failure, at least you know you put your best in it because you really put everything into it and you can accept that. I don't think we could accept failure. If on something that we're attached to, but that we didn't put the effort into it, and and I think between the both of us and, and our team, we understand that for everything we have, we put maximum effort into it. And the production side has been great. I mean, we've done Tackle My Ride, Hundred Thousand Dollar Pyramid, The Joker's Wild, Nickelodeon Sports Awards. Um, now we have the Religion of Sports, with a big series with with Gotham Chopra and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady. And it's just been a great ride, and it's mostly off a of reputation. Uh, people know that if you work with us, we're going to 
do everything we can to make it successful. And Con says, I make the rounds for programs from Joker's Wild with Snoop hosts. But we produce it. So why am I not going to support that? And plus, I'm great friends with Snoop. Why would I support him? So it's like a family. If one, and one person in our roster is doing something from Wiz to Dion to Kurt to, to Aaron, or Andrews, anybody, we all support and we all make a big push for that. It's a, it's a challenging time in television right now, particularly on the business side. There's never been more television than ever mm-hmm. before, but it can be it can be challenging to to be to have shows be profitable. Audiences are fragmented. You know, it, it's a challenging market. But clearly, you guys have been able to build a real business with with the with on the production side. What do you think is the where do you see the most opportunity for you right now? For us right now, I think, you know, if you just see what's happening with the reboots, I mean, I'm excited Murphy Brown's coming back, and I've been watching Roseanne. I mean, look at what we've done with the game shows. $100,000 Pyramid, a Sony property, they came to us, which was great, and Snoop came on as a guest in season one, and when when the show wrapped, he pulled me to the side and said, I used to watch Joker's Wild with my grandmother. Hmm. Help me bring it back. And so we started doing some research, and it turned out Sony happened to own it. And so the two of us, you know, just really, like, dug our heels in and went to bat for it. And, you know, we just uh, we premiered uh, season two, episode one this past week. And to, and to echo what you're saying about how challenging it is, it's not just about the Nielsen ratings anymore. Now there are these ratings that they're seeing what's happening on social media and, you know, chatter and the Internet. So mm-hmm. it's a whole new set of challenges that, that we have to look at and address. And when a studio like Sony comes to you to do something to start with like $100,000 pyramid that uh, that gives you a certain leg up in negotiating a deal with them I would imagine in terms of you know making sure that that, that the venture from a financial standpoint is also profitable for you oh, yeah it, it definitely a big difference when somebody wants you instead of you going out there like please help us so definitely when they came to us it was a big surprise to us I never hosted a game show and for them to be able to say, you know what, we have this show, if you've heard of it, and I'm going, who hasn't heard of $100,000, $25,000 back in the day, and 10000 with Dick Clark, but who hasn't heard of that, and to be able to give the opportunity, be given the opportunity to host it and EP it and really be a part of it as a company and as an individual um, was, was really special and really a big chance from by Sony. And through the trust of how we handled that, that's how Joker's Wild came about because they knew how we were and operate in, in, in business, and we try to be great partners to our business partners. And Sony's been fantastic, fantastic with that. So, you know, we've, we've hopefully our reputation speaks for itself, and that's why these opportunities have come, and hopefully it keeps speaking in this way, and more opportunities continue to come as well. And I know we're working on another show, uh, Money Maze. So Which Wink Martindale, Wink Martindale reached out to us. And, and that, you know, that's another big breakthrough moment where – I called him up and said, you're not going to believe this. I said, Wink Martindale. <laughs> Tic-tac-doe. Yes. <laughs> is interested in working with us. And the two of us, I mean, I was just jumping up and down because that, what a big honor, you know, yeah. considering that Dick Clark is no longer with us. Like to me, Wink is, is just the legend. And so we've got a couple of his um, shows that he's allowing us to take out. Are you able to, in the deal structure, are you able to retain ownership of shows at times? When, if we create it, we can, but when it's an existing IP that someone else owns, you can't get ownership. But we do work hard for ancillaries, whether it's, you know, slot machines or global rights, because when you have a talent like Snoop, who's known internationally, then you're able to go to, you know, partner together and and take it out globally. 
if it makes sense. And in some of the things like you do for NFL Network, like Tackle My Ride and things like that, are those are those properties that you own outright and then can exploit in other in other windows? That That's one's a partnership, a partnership, so we can um, take that one out. Each one's every show is different. That's why I'm looking at them. I was like, I can't remember. Like some of them, obviously, you know, they come to us, but there's a few of them, and we come up with them, or we have a partner on. We can yeah. then exploit. And even it. like Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Sports, it's. We have another show that we're working with them on that came off of something that we did within that show because we realized there are certain moments within that show that are big moments that everyone seems to remember, that everyone gravitates to. So we said, well, how about we take some of these big moments and make that a a show itself? Not in the long-form content of a two- or three-hour show for kids, but in a short-term, a a shorter content, um, a shorter span of content that would be interesting for kids and their families. So we're working on something like that right now but I think for us, it's kind of like paying attention to what you're in and don't get so engulfed in just what you're doing, but always have your eyes open for different opportunities that come off of the opportunities that you have right now. Especially because, like you mentioned, it, it's a much wider net now. Mm-hmm. And so there's one project we have with Aaron Andrews that we're not even going to linear television. We're looking for some sponsors to partner with and just push it out in conjunction with the brands. Yeah, that's another, you know, there's so many avenues to yeah. get content on the air so you know having a company like that with with you know creative minds that are coming up with things it seems like a great you know a great moment for that i would say the nfl was like i couldn't have gotten a better education than starting out at the national football league like i didn't get an mba like i got my mba there during those 10 seasons and you did the same thing i mean he's super humble but i mean when i met him we had him on CDs that we were putting out, <laughs> NFL Country and NFL Jams. Well, that, I was singing, so I don't know if anybody <laughs> wants to hear that. No, that's why we don't play them anymore. I think mine was a hit, then Randy Travis got on it and kind of messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a correspondent for a show that NFL Films produced called Under the Helmet while he was still playing. So, you know, those are things that were unheard of back then, whereas now, like you mentioned earlier, that a lot of the current athletes are looking, you know, to him for the, sort of the model template michael is you know top of the list of people of athletes that have really navigated that that transition and obviously some of it is the well, i think the secret sauce that you bring to the table but, but i but i think for athletes in in particular anyone in particular who's known for doing one thing and that's all you've ever done not only does uh, usually the public think that's all you can do but in your own head, you kind of convince yourself, that's all I can do because it's all I've been known for. And you don't take chances on trying something else. And when you're an athlete, you re- I played 15 years, which is unheard of. And I was still 36 when I retired. <laughs> so it's like 36 years old, career is over, life is over in a certain sense. And I just feel, didn't feel like that was the case. And thank goodness for Constance and our relationship because I would go to the office before we were working together. She was just managing me and I would have an opinion about stuff. And then eventually she said, well, why are you sitting here basically here every day getting on our nerves? You might as well be a part. (laughs) You might as well be a part of what's going on. You're already involved anyway. And that's really how we became partners in all of this. But I think we both have a work ethic and we both have a respect for each other. And we both are very similar in the way we think and and, and, and everything. I mean, she's a single child. I'm the youngest of six. So but but it's kind of like we out of that, we had the same sensibilities. And, and and it's just amazing to work with somebody who understands that, who works as hard as you do, if not harder. And I, she's the one person I could never complain to about working hard. But you have. Oh, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I do, just so you leave me alone. 
But but it's great. I think athletes finally now in this day and age are understanding that because you're you're good good at sports does not mean that when your sports career is over, your career is over. It's a start. Sports gives you a, gives you a leg up on so many other people to get into other businesses. But at the same time, sports is also the thing that's kept you away from business. So you have a lot of catching up to do. So your name will get you in the room, but you better figure it out and have your talent keep you in the room. But I also think a big advantage of working with retired athletes or current athletes is they come from a team. So there's a teamwork mentality going into things. They like to be coached. You know, there's there's curfews, there's meetings, you know, there's there's yeah. it just you're setting them up for success without even realizing it. And that's really when we interview people. I mean, I look and see when they're done with the interview, are they throwing their garbage out? Or are they looking to us to clean up after them? Because you really want to make sure people are coming in with the teamwork mentality. I was just going to ask you what kind of things you look for in people that you think would be good prospects for management. And one of the biggest things Constance said is how you work with other people. Because everyone in our company, because we do uh, so many things from, from, from the production to the management to the clothing and other businesses, everyone has a role in different things. And if you're interested in something outside of what, we just, what your main job is, you're able, if you have the time, to help out, chip in, and learn about it. We don't say, well, that's your job. Stay away from it. That's what this person does. No, no, no. If you think you can add value, we encourage for you. We encourage you to add value to that. And 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 I think through that we have employees that come to work every day and they're excited because it's not every day is not Groundhog Day. And we've all had Groundhog Day jobs where mm-hmm. you go and you're like every day is basically the same. Well, for us, we try to make it interesting to where you come to work. You're excited about work. You're excited about the possibilities that that day could bring, and you don't know what's coming. And I think that's. Uh, has motivated our our crew and 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 everyone that we work with to come to work with the right spirit and attitude, and that is the thing. Wake up happy, is uh, is, is is our motto as well for our company. Wake up with the right attitude because that's one of the few things you can can, can um control. You might not go to sleep happy, but you can wake up happy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the about the licensing and the you you have two apparel lines if I understand right. Yes, we have collection by Michael Strahan, and we have MSX. And the collection by Michael Strahan is suits, ties, belts, cufflinks, um, you name it. How many 13 categories, categories 13 now. categories there. We're in 600 doors at JCPenney out of their 780 stores. And it has been a fantastic business we've been in for the last few years with them. And then MSX is the athleisure brand that we have with them. And it is it has been a learning experience. And, and it's almost as if looking at what we do, is a direct lesson for everyone out there that you don't have to go to school per se for a particular business to learn about it and get into it. You just have to be brave enough to get into it. And like I said, once you're in it, you better figure it out quick. And the clothing business has been an incredible learning experience for us, but it's been a really, really good one. And business has been great. And we continue to expand. We're expanding to jeans now. And luggage, luggage, which we're excited about because we don't have a women's line yet. And so when the luggage came out, it was the first thing that all the women that work on the line were something we got to use. Besides yeah. wearing the extra small and small sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, they're wearing and, extra and small. And the hoodies. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're going into the boys. Can we make boys? Yeah. Or they go into the boys collection and, and wear that stuff. So it has been a great business, but it's also it's been a collaborative business that we're very involved in every meeting, every fabric. Yeah, there's not a fabric from a suit to a tie to a uh, belt to the underwear, cufflink, the underwear, the the tie bars. There's nothing that has not been seen. I know personally by me that 
gets that doesn't get approved. And was that did that come about from an incoming call or an outgoing call? Did you outgoing. did you pursue it? Outgoing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Through a relationship. That. And you know, it's interesting because again, like he said, we've learned a lot from it, which helps with our other clients because when we had the first meeting, they said we're not ready for you. And so we went about our business for a year and then we checked back in with them and that's when the timing was right. And and but everything that we've done and and when you call it the outgoing, yeah, it was outgoing. We went and set up a meeting and, and made this whole thing happen, but it's all organic. There's nothing that uh, that I know personally I do or we have any of our clients do that does is not organic to them. It's not something so far-fetched that it's unbelievable to the public. It truly is who they are and what they do and what's important to them and something that fits into their lifestyle. And for me, being on TV, God knows how many days a week, I'm always in a suit. So wearing suits very important and then when I'm not in a suit I'm an athleisure casual guy because I'm either running to the gym or I'm running around so everything that we've done in in that business has been organic to me and the shows have been organic and the businesses and authentic and 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 the businesses for all of our other clients have all fit their personalities and what they really like and what's really important to them is that when you talk about learning the apparel business, I would imagine that the construct of deals and the way you get paid is probably very different than making a TV show? or Very different. <laughs> we have an amazing lawyer, thank you, Brad Rose, who <laughs> literally, like, you know, we go through probably quarterly meetings with him, and we're the first, when we don't know something, we call him right mm-hmm. away. Like, we don't try to figure something out that could be detrimental in the, in the long run. And so it is vastly different. You know, just also, you know, holding on to your IP, you know, what do you license? What do you own? How many different companies there are? Because that's how it all started. International rights yeah. with that. And the biggest thing we learned, owning your brand. Yes. It's yours. Don't sign it over. Don't give it to anyone else. And just managing your brand as well has been, you know, a, it's a big challenge, but it's a very important thing whenever you're dealing with, with something that's vast as the clothing. And when it comes to pay, yeah, it's, it's different because, you know, TV or shows, you have you you negotiate and you have your your rate and everything else but in this there's really no ceiling to it you could if you can make the business happen and build the business then there is no cap to say okay this is what your salary is for the year there's none of that in the clothing business so potentially it is incredible but you got to sell a lot of stuff to make that a reality america needs belts america you know, needs everything <laughs> everything go buy it from me <laughs> Do you two have investors? Are you uh, are no. you the no. principal owners? It's Just the us. two of you. Wow. Just us. We haven't taken no money from the outside, so it's it's us, and we put a lot, if not most, of the money that we've made in this business right back into it because we want to grow it. And I don't think we look at this as something that's really an in and out thing. We're here for the long haul to really build a business that, you know, when I'm 95 years old, then we can hand it off to our youngsters and they can run it. I won't be 95 handing it off. I'll be a lot younger. You'll be be in the Caribbean. I'll be in the Caribbean. They have have good Wi-Fi down there. (laughs) Michael, was was a business like this, building a business, was that something you aspired to as a kid? Or do you look at this now and you're you're surprised at where you are? I think I'm surprised. I think we're all surprised. We're surprised every day. Every day. And, and, and we, we appreciate it. It's yeah. not just like shock and awe. It's truly like appreciate and surprise. It's truly gratitude because I understand the uh, the alternative to it. And, you know, playing in the NFL to me was, I thought, was the ultimate end-all, be-all. And when that career was over, I was just happy to have a job talking on TV and have something to look forward to to do. 
But now to have, you know, the shows that I do have and the other businesses, it's all in a lot of ways a big surprise. But they're great surprises because I don't do anything and have the luxury, thank goodness, of not doing anything I don't want to do. I love every show that I'm doing. And and I think that's a gift in itself. That is a that is that is truth and that's an amazing attitude. Thank you both so much for coming in to talk to us about this. Really interesting to hear about your business. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Thanks for listening. Please join us next week for another episode of Strictly Business.